Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. What you got here? New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Hello. Hello. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Bumper. Clear. Door bumper. Clear. They're going to have a show. What are those guys? They're commitment. It's just kind of here and there, right? But anyways, whenever they returned from uh, sitting around waiting on the race to happen, they will come back here and do a show. They really have nothing else to do right now. They will complain about how miserable the life of a spotter is. If TJ doesn't come back here and just say how bored to death he was sitting there. That'll be the entire show this week about how the accommodations are either good or bad. I mean, that's what, that's basically the whole whole show. That will be, that's my prediction. I wonder who he's got babysitting right now. Yeah, because the, they're you know they're 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 spotters. They're pampered. My gosh. Oh, tough. Schultz, you can get on them. They're spotters. They're pampered. They're pampered. Door We let a comment yet? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, a donor walks around in fields, looking at <laughs> rabbit trails. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> And second of all, the guy in the beginning, I passed in the hallway of the hotel Saturday night and said he was bored to death, going to go sit in his room. <laughs> so bad timing for that there. He doesn't sign any of my checks anymore. That's Usually the first won- race he's been to, right? Nah. No. They went to, to the last few. couple. They've gone to a yeah. Oh, my god. But gosh. he didn't stay. So oh. He went home. He flew in on his private jet. And he flew out before the race, too. He and we're here. pampered. Yes. He was coming home. He left the Texas race to come home to record the podcast. Wish we could have done that. Yeah. They probably could have taken us, right? Yeah. He talked about yeah. pampered. He totally could have brought us. Talk about pampered. Jeez. What about Mike Davis? How pampered is he? I don't think he comes out of his office anymore except for that, that show and lunch. <laughs> Just lives there. It, I mean, you never see him anymore. He used to be all over the place all the time. How many times has he stopped in here this year for the show? I haven't Who seen him. I about? haven't seen him this year. Who are we talking about? Davis. Exactly. Davis. Yeah, exactly. Who's that? Exactly. 
Yeah, Mike, Mike, he used to work here. I don't know if he still does anymore. I, I mean, I go to the data room all the time when you see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm uh, the pampered 22 spotter. <laughs> What's up, Brett Griffin? Uh, spotter for Clint's final ride yesterday. That's fun. You're pampered. I, I am. I will admit I'm spoiled. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're all spoiled. I'll, I will admit Brett's spoiled, too. <laughs> What's up, Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace in the 2311 number 23 Toyota. Is that official? That is official. That's an announcement you just made right there, breaking yeah. news. I even brought a shirt. Oh, I got a new shirt for me. Yeah. Oh, he's got... Wait, please. do you have to take one off to put one on? Please okay. be the pregnant guy, Duncan. Oh, God. Are you about to take your shirt off oh. again? Whoa. <laughs> Chewbacca. Uh, yeah, literally just looked over at the wrong time and saw how much hair is on Freddie's back. <laughs> Oh, he's got on his Jumpman shirt. Yeah. How'd he get those dots on each side of you? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the good news. That's a big week. move. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm Year. really disappointed that's not the, the, the shirt the I was shirt. hoping yeah. it would It'll be. It'll be soon enough. You know what? If we had a Sharpie, we could probably fix that Yeah, shirt. we the, could probably <laughs> widen it out. The best part about the whole deal was, so this deal went down, finalized, I don't know, sometime mid last week. Like four months ago when we called so, it? So, uh... <laughs> I text Bubba to be like, hey, man, guess we're going to make it 11 years. You know, done deal. And he replies with, what? What the F is going on? And I'm like, oh, God, maybe he didn't want me to come over here with him. He read it wrong. He, he thought I said, I guess we're not going to make it 11 years. And he said he had a meltdown for a minute. I, don't, I hope he didn't send out no text messages nasty to anybody. But, <laughs> but, yeah, happy to get that done. Happy to stick with Bubba. Obviously, uh, we've been together forever. So. Looking forward to next year. Got some other cool things on the line going for next year. We found out about this week. So, oh, like what? You got clearance on it. So apparently, a couple of days after I got uh, my deal done with Bubba, I was also told by Chris Rice that I'll be spotting full time at Colleague Racing next year. Also, so them guys are great. Obviously, we had a, a good run with them there this year, and uh, hope just looking forward to continuing with them next year. It's a great place to work. Chris is one of the best guys in the business. So I uh, just really looking forward to to getting that so deal Freddie, done. Freddie's buying lunch. <laughs> are you are you gonna announce your part time deal yet? No, not yet. Uh, I'm like two weeks out. Oh, so I can't. Brett, you don't want me to pry about that? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wait like two more weeks. The funny thing about Freddie's deal though is when we had Bubba on here. Remember we had Bubba on the Zoom, and we we're obviously having fun with talking to him. And I asked him, had he talked to Michael Jordan? And at that time, it was not announced that Michael Jordan was coming. And I thought Freddie was going to fall out of his chair over here because Freddie knew. I was going to kill him. Freddie knew more than I knew, obviously. Um, and despite what you think, we don't tell each other everything. And and so when I said that, Freddie was about to have a heart attack because he then thought that Bubba thought I knew because Freddie had told me the Michael Jordan thing. And obviously, we were the first ones to put out the play that Michael Jordan's coming to NASCAR. We sat in here the day before the announcement, maybe even the day of the announcement, um, with Ryan McGee, yeah. and I said, "You think Michael Jordan's coming to NASCAR?" No, absolutely not. Boom, they drop it. Michael Jordan. Nice. But that anyway, that was the funny so part is we have Bubba on TV, and I go, "Hey, Bubba, have you talked to Michael Jordan?" And Bubba looks at the camera, and Freddie's looking at me, and I'm like, "Uh oh, I don't think so, I was supposed to say that." Literally, <laughs> so we do the show Monday, obviously. The like Tuesday or Wednesday, the week before, I met with Bubba to talk about some stuff, and I said, "What? Where are we at?" Because at that time, it looked like we were kind of going back to the 43, and uh, he's like, "I don't think that deal's going to work out." Uh, I think I'm going to drive to 23. 
And I'm like, who the hell is the 23? Like, what are you, is that a new team? I was like, is that Justin Marks' new number? <laughs> and he's like, nah, nah. He was, a, he was a basketball player. I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. Literally, fast forward four days, I had not said one word to Brett about this. Nothing about it. He's like, you talk to Michael Jordan? I'm like, are you <laughs> me? Like, Bubba's looking at me. I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill Brett. Like, and it, literally, we never – I never said a word. Because if I would have said something to Brett about it, he would not have done that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I would have sold him out. <laughs> but I was like, oh, God. But, yeah, just really looking forward to it. Well, at least you uh, at least you get to leave the binoculars in your backpack for your schedule next year. <laughs> The only two type of tracks you need them at, right? <laughs> only two type of tracks, dog. <laughs> only two. No, ah, no. but we also have our host, host with the mo- uh, guest. Go, I don't know what you call it. guest host. What am I? At what this are point? you being referred to now? Yeah, I don't even know. I'm Hannah Newhouse again. Uh, glad to wrap the season up with you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, old producer Jason sounds like he's got some more gifts for you here. The gifts keep rolling in. Someone brings some stuff. We have out. no I more room what, on this table for I alcohol. I wonder well, you what took this three is bottles home. We have, yeah, duh. You took all that stuff home last week? Yeah, I ain't leaving it here with you idiots. <laughs> I keep missing. Oh, he's bringing out we truly, boxes. We truly do have the uh, best fans ever. Like, alcohol, I know NASCAR problem. fans in general. <laughs> yeah. NASCAR fans in general are great. But okay. DBC fans are even greater than NASCAR fans. Fred, it looks like you got a carton of eggs over there, buddy. Yeah, we're going to make breakfast. Yeah. Oh, Tito's. Oh, yeah. Y'all got an ice maker in here? Is that a note? Out? Holy cow. Wrote you a book. To all the DBC gang. Why is my box so little? <laughs> to all the DBC size, gang. Size doesn't matter, bro. You think I like small boxes? <laughs> including Hannah eating for two. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So funny. TJ's jokes. We need to get him a new Eric joke Eric Willardson. I'll go get that for you, Brett. Was that a Clemson car? No, it was people, a Hamlin car. People are stupid. No, I think it was a Clemson car. <laughs> you just got done saying they're the best fans in the world. Now they're stupid. Uh, um, yeah, Eric Willardson. Also at NASCAR guy, nineteen eighty two on Twitter. I don't do Clemson <laughs> people. I don't know how hard that is to understand. You probably enjoyed the game Saturday. I did. I was, dude. I was. That was such a great game. Notre Dame beat them in overtime, triple overtime. We were uh, we were over at Clint. So Clint, I'm gonna start drinking bourbon. Clint's like, hey, uh, you know, come to Scottsdale Saturday when you're done working at the track. So me and Freddie get done working, and we Uber. All the way to Scottsdale, which was probably 40 minutes. It's it a, a haul. It yeah. is a pretty good ride from Glendale. It is. It's way further than what you think. Mm-hmm. And we get over there. Of nothingness. And uh, Clint goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's 9 o'clock. And I'm like, got this Uber 40 minutes. I, literally an 80-minute car ride. And he went to bed. 40 there, 40 back. And so he went to bed, and we watched the end of the Notre Dame Clemson game. And then Freddie and I Uber all the way back to where we came from. Literally, he went to bed. Yeah. So yesterday before the race started, I was like, man, you should feel great today. I've never seen a human go to bed that early, ever. You got 12 hours of sleep I mean, at least. At least. Oh, he, got more than <laughs> he was like, oh, man, I needed it. You know, I was like, well, I'm assuming you're going to make up for that tonight. So the oh. last time I talked to him last night, he was he was certainly having fun. <laughs> he deserves I can it. only imagine. Yeah, he invites me to stay over on Sunday night on Saturday night. Which is typical, Clint. You should stay over tomorrow night. Yeah, because it's real easy to get home from Phoenix. Like, just just, just buy another one-way commercial ticket at last minute and pay 700 bucks. No. He's a mess. 
this anyway, guy is thanks for the gifts other than this Jason, tiger who ball sent car. me this bottle of vodka? Well, the name's not on the box, actually, so I'm not sure. Someone sent you Tito's, but we don't Whoever know sent me Tito's, thank you. <laughs> I think. This guy was uh, wants to know who he should root for now. Um, says his favorite track was Richmond he went to a couple years ago. Been a fan since 19, since he was eight years old. Um, yeah. So he's so, 19? Uh, I don't know. His his Twitter deal is... He can't be 19. He bought a bottle of liquor. No. He I is uh, 1982, so he's... 82? That's a good mid, year. Mid-30s. Uh, oh, he's uh, 38. Yeah. Depending on what year... What he's want he a new born. driver. He wants someone to follow for next year and many years to come. TJ, why don't you lobby on why he should pull for Joey Logano? Well, you like to win, don't you? <laughs> Not yesterday. It's a good one, Jason. We all knew who was going to win that race. We just didn't want to say it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, hey, yeah. Listen, I, it depends on if you like comical guys. There's there's guys that are like like Clint. You know those guys. You can't gonna, pull for him. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, but you can pull for him in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Clint yeah, has a Clint, good day today. Clint's going to be great in the booth either way. So, um, I, just what kind of personality do you like? Do you like the hard racer that? Um, isn't as you know, doesn't have as many jokes, or do you like the guy that jokes a lot? And I, I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, you gotta you gotta pull for, and this is to everybody. Like you gotta pick a guy that 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 represents what you like about life. I mean, that's the that's the thing, man. Like when you pick a driver, you gotta pick a guy that represents what you like, because if you do, and and here's the coolest thing about our sport in terms of drivers. If you're a fan of a driver and you don't ever get to meet your favorite driver, it's probably because you financially couldn't afford to to go meet them. Because our guys, pre-COVID and once we get a vaccine, post-COVID, are more available than, than any other talent in sports. I mean, if you want to meet Kyle Larson, go to the Chili Bowl. Go to one of his appearances. If you want to meet... You know, Joy Logano, go to Planet Fitness. Guys signing autographs at Planet Fitness a few times a year. Obviously not right now, but once we get back normal. Like, you want to meet a Bubba Wallace? Go to a McDonald's or go to wherever he's going to be, right? Like, it just – I think our, our drivers are more accessible than any other talent in, in sports. And and to me, man, that's what makes it cool. You know what I mean? If, if you want – I mean, <laughs> if you're a smartass, you want to pull for somebody like Tony Stewart. You know what I mean? If you are a quiet – you know, hardworking performer, you want a guy like Kyle Larson because that's kind of what his personality is. Like, I mean, something's got to draw you to them, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. You got to have something in common with them, kind of. Yeah. Weren't we talking about when we were talking about Briscoe the other day about how someone we thought Bass Pro Shops decorated Tony's house? Was that on here? I don't know. I don't Never think we that was your other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, but Tony, I see. Tony Stewart did use the same people that built Bass Pro Shops to build his house. Yeah. It literally Chrissy, looked like you Chrissy were going to see the water. Chrissy Newman actually designed it, is what yeah. he said. He has a scuba diver that has to come into his home to clean his aquarium every week. Which is insane. The guy puts on scuba gear. This is no this guy has to put on a full-blown scuba gear outfit to get in Tony's aquarium and clean it. Freddie's house has do, the same do thing. Do you want me to? Yeah. Bre- <laughs> have you ever seen Brett's fish tank? I, I got to put scuba gear on to get in his. Have you seen Stevie you Reeves? Fish tank? Yes. Fish tank? <laughs> Try carrying a son of <laughs> It's like picking up one of them race cars and walking around with yeah, it. Yeah, it's heavy. Stevie Wait, Reeves has it? a shark. Well, it's in the garage the when you thing. came because my floors were messed up. 
Mm. Yeah, it's a 220-gallon fish tank. I was going to say, when, I, when we but, were over there, I never Tony's saw Tony's fish tank. tank is the size of my house. Yeah, Tony. Is your salt water? Yeah. Yeah, do you have the stuff run to your basement, too? I'll have no. a basement. Oh, jeez. No, that's not hard to maintain. They're easy to maintain. Oh, boy. Yeah. All yeah. right, well, we, knew, we know Brett and Freddie spent half the weekend in an Uber. Other than that, how was Phoenix? I love Phoenix. I love the area of Phoenix. I'm, I, I can't breathe out there. I Really? Oh, it's dry. <laughs> so dirty and dry. Dusty. Oh, see, I can't breathe here. I, TJ, do you see like the dust just... What night was that? That it was the big dust cloud was coming. Was that Saturday? It Saturday. Was Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Looking out Saturday. toward turn two. Just. Yeah. Uh, it was. What was it? Was that? It was windy on Saturday, wasn't it? Saturday's windy. Oh my gosh! It got windy. Was it raining right before the truck race? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. sprinkling a little bit. They took a cam shot of like down below, and we were all sitting there watching. I'm like, it's raining in Phoenix right now. Like you could just see it starting to like drizzle. I'm like, there's yeah. no way that we get to the last race in Phoenix. And it's Honestly, raining. I think we had a few drops for during Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, because right I was like, "Before the race, that just hit my hand." And then I look at my phone, or my, my time is scoring up, and I was like, "It is. It's starting to sprinkle again." So insane. Yeah, it, those dust clouds there, though. There and where was that place that it got that that deal hit us? Vegas. Like you could see it coming. It was like, "Is that going to hit here?" Like it was a wall of dust. Yeah, it's crazy. So. Yeah, Phoenix is fun though. I do enjoy Phoenix. The stadium area is really nice and a lot to do around there. I, I love the area. We have it's probably the most scenic spotter stand we have all year. Yeah. And it is by far the worst spotter stand we have all year. <laughs> I hate spotting there. It's so tough with the, the angles and, and the and the it's depth perception. Three, it's great for three and four. Yeah. <laughs> used to be one and two. Oh, it's the awful. thing is, and I don't know that I'll ever spot another race of Phoenix, being honest with you, but if they would move us to where the grandstands are for the suites, the angles are completely perfect for the whole racetrack because you get around the corner enough to make the other corners not have the depth perception issue. Coming off a of turn two at Phoenix is probably the hardest corner in NASCAR to spot. Oh. If it's not, it's second to Pocono turn one. It's Bubba was driving me insane yesterday, and he knew it too because he apologized for it because I was like he would run the grip in one and two, but at like the three-quarter mark, he would just turn straight to the bottom. Well, now – the guys that are behind us are staying in the grip. So now I've like every lap, I've got that half car length, one car length judgment call. Yeah, where it's like, not. yeah. And you can't tell. He's like, I'm like, they're really trying to poke the top off of two. He's like, I know, I know. I'm sorry, but I feel like if I get this rolling, it's going to be way better. And he was right. Cause by the end of the race, we, we were really good off a of turn two, but it was driving me crazy for about 30 laps. Yeah. I was like, ah, half back. Clear ish. Clear by three. Actually. Never mind. You're good. Yeah, no, it's all right. We had uh, we had three drivers stop by the suite on Saturday, and they got to see the view. And, and like when you go work with them after that, you, you it's good for them because then they realize what we're working oh. with. I mean, I, I yesterday never put my binoculars up once because I never got really in a bind. But that's a place that I would never use binoculars without that freaking. <laughs> I don't use binoculars anywhere except plate tracks. I like my peripheral vision. Yeah. Some people stare yeah. through binoculars. That's not me. Um, but there, man, you almost have to freaking use them just to get them off the corner. Yeah, you talk about drivers going up there. I, I brought Bubba up on the roof at Pocono. for He was running Xfinity time. He came up there for the cup race, and we all went green, and he, he was standing right next to me on the rail. And we, we all looking, you know how it is. Oh. If, you get, if you ever get a picture of us, it's like 40 guys hanging half over the rail. Some of them go high. Some of them go low. Some have stools. I don't know why, because none of us can see anything to begin with. And Bubba looks down there, and we get off of turn one. And he just looks at me and goes, "You're lying. You, 
what are you talking about? You can't see that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, I don't ever <laughs> trust you again in this corner. Like, I don't care what you say. You can't yeah. see nothing. I'm like, I'm, I'm aware of that. <laughs> yeah. That first time I, I ran an ARCA race or a K&N race at Phoenix, and my spotter never spotted anything bigger than a half mile. And the first time we all went out and practice, and this is before they reconfigured it, and went out across the apron, he gets on the radio and goes, cutting, cutting, they're cutting. I'm like, what the hell is cutting? I had no idea where anyone was on the racetrack. He is panicked up in the grandstands, can't see coming off of at the time four. four. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is not good. So he went and found someone else's spot for me. I still to this day cannot tell you who was in my ear. I have no idea who was in my ear That's, that race. But he- So Michael Waltrip, funny story. I was spotting for Michael Waltrip. He ran a part-time schedule for Band-Aid and Aaron's back in the day. And uh, I could not spot the night um, of the Saturday night Charlotte race, the day before the Coke 600, because Coca-Cola had, had a big event in town. I managed the Coca-Cola sponsorship for Elliot, the PSA, where we would go downtown Charlotte all the time. And I was like, Michael, man, I, I hate to do this, but I cannot spot this race. I've got to go, you know, see the Coke guys and do this. And he's like, man, no problem. Get uh, get get this guy to do it. I was like, okay, let's get somebody to do it. So I was like, all right. So I go get this guy that used to spot some, was a dirt track racer. Who? Um, <laughs> he drove. He's not, I'm not going to call the guy out because he's too nice of a guy. So nonetheless, Michael is driving during the race, Hannah, and – they have some issues, let's just say that. And under caution, Michael says to this guy, I don't know who asked you to do this or why they asked you to do it, but the next time they ask you to do it, tell them you have something else going on and make up a reason why you cannot <laughs> spot for me. This is not working out. Like he, And Michael would chew your ass anyway. Like He literally goes off on this guy in the middle of the race. Could you imagine how bad that guy felt? I didn't ask that guy to do it again. No, he was probably done after Michael's, that. Michael's tough, though. People don't realize that. But there's – there's- spotters that are like that though yeah we were talking to we i did a show yesterday we were talking to coleman presley and he was talking about how his dad in the late model race at myrtle beach he got him and his dad got into an argument or something mid-race and his dad said all right have fun took his headset off went and sat in the grandstands with his mom for the last 40 laps of the race at myrtle beach and coleman won he's like i had no radio no nothing drove with my mirrors because my dad was like all right have at it. Have, have at, at it. it. And took his headset off and walked to the grandstand. I've had that. That happened to me a bunch of times with Jimmy Blewett. Like, we'd have a blowout, have a fight. He I'd was st- roasting you on I'd Twitter st- the other day. Yeah, he can try all he wants. <laughs> uh, but we still – I'd be like, all right, I'm done. And I'll take – I'll stop talking. And I'll talk stop talk for the whole parade lap. And then, like, we come into green. He's like, are you there? Are you there? What are you, what are you doing? Let's go. Let's stop, stop, stop messing around. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll stop. It's being funny a when they get like yeah. that. <laughs> a little panicky. That was the same way Dell Jr. was when I quit spotting for him in Michigan that one time. And then he's like, you still up there? Like He was like, well, you can't just quit spotting. <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing. Don't change your mind in the middle of the race, and I won't quit spotting. Like, yeah, we've had a couple. We've had a <laughs> – he was annoying sometimes. That's the headline. TJ says Dale's annoying. Sometimes. Oh, when he would get angry. That. No, you can't cut that. <laughs> when he would get uh, when, when it was like super loose and it was that COT car, oh my goodness. It's almost like I set it up or did something to it. Like, geez, I'm just telling you where the cars are, man. You get mad at me. <laughs> Dale and Steve did say in the broadcast yesterday that TJ's never wrong about anything at one point. That's a fact. That's the tr- most at least in truest his mind. thing they've ever said. Yeah. Brett, how was uh, how was Clint's final ride? Oh man, it was cool. You know, I mean, you look back, and obviously, it kind of started last week on the show, and and the fans calling in, and Bodie obviously jumping on video, and and uh, 
obviously that caught me off guard. And, and I mean, to me, that's when the flip, the switch flipped and said, hey, this is the last full-time season with Clint Boyer, maybe my last full-time season ever in NASCAR. And I, ah, man, there's a lot of emotion. But, uh, you know, I think it would have gone a lot better if our jack hadn't broke. We were going to finish top ten. We were going to run probably – I felt like we were a seventh-place car yesterday. Obviously, typical Phoenix, man. Uh, restarts were everything and extremely hard to pass unless you were driving the nine car. Um, and, and so we kind of came out behind the gun there and ended up losing a lap very late to, to chase. And, and, look, you want to see a guy go out on high note, but we certainly went out running better than we finished. And, you know, Clint likes that racetrack. And I don't know, man, it, it – uh, you hate to see it. I mean, you just hate to see a person. And everybody's like, oh, his personality's going to the booth, and that's great. But when these guys hang up their helmets for whatever reason, they lose that star factor, man. You know, I mean, and I've seen it with a lot of guys that I've been around that are great friends of mine that have retired. I mean, Jamie McMurray, Dale Jarrett, Casey Kane, Elliot Sadler, you know, and, and, and I just hope that the sport finds another personality. And, and the, the thing is, man, people are literally have said to me, there's no way Clint's like that all the time. No, that's that's Clint Boyer, 100%. people. Like the the Clint Boyer you see in all those interviews is as authentic as a Clint Boyer. Well, not as authentic as a Clint Boyer that went to bed Saturday night at nine o'clock. But outside of that, like that's he's coming over here Tuesday night. We're supposed to all go to dinner, and he will be a complete <laughs> show. And today he's hungover, and he's going to be a complete <laughs> show. And tomorrow, like Clint Boyer knows how to do two things really well: have fun. And work really hard. And there's not a lot of other things he does. It's going to be interesting to see how his life plays out because it's he's a full throttle guy. He gets up in the morning and he is full freaking throttle. Like it's nothing to be at Lake of the Ozark. Stay out till three or four in the morning, and at seven the next morning, him wake you up outside washing your windows at his house. Oh my god! With a squeegee. I mean, like full blown bucket squeegee mop. And I'm like, what is that freaking noise? Who is he hired to come to the house <laughs> yeah. the only week that we're here? And you open the blinds, and it's him standing out there just working as hard as he can work. And I'm like, go back to bed, you idiot. You I, just woke me up. I'm just upset because we went – Brett said we went over there uh, for dinner Saturday night, and I thought Clint had the best idea in the history of our sport for his last race, and he just did not follow up on he it. He didn't do it. He said – well, for one thing, Clint does not forget – anything so he was saying i think i'm just gonna pull the pin tomorrow and just wreck everybody that i owe a wreck to and as i wreck them call it out like yeah that was 08 martinsville right there bud you're welcome yeah that was 2012 phoenix coming for you here this one's that yep 2015 talladega what are they gonna do wreck them back (laughs) i said that would have been the most epic thing in the history of the sport if you just continue to wreck people and just call out years and tracks that they wrecked you at it would have been the most epic thing ever he could have made a pretty good list probably oh he's i mean he was rattled him off that night and brett's like some don't forget nothing. Apparently, like he he remembered every person that wrecked him. It was incredible. Yeah, oh, that's pretty good. Should have put a list on his dash <laughs> the next day, like a checklist. Check mark. checklist. Yeah, pick the top five ones that you remember. <laughs> what's the What's the biggest wreck you remember happening to you as a spotter that's screwing you up and you're still mad about it? Um, let me think about it for a minute. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of them because we get wrecked. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we get wrecked. The one they, I mean, there's some wrecks. It has to be one that you can definitely blame a guy, right? Well, I mean, not necessarily. Um, I mean, like you had a place like Dover, right? 
and you get that run on the bottom and you keep racing hard and you get clear and they stick it back in there. You get clear, you stick it back in there. And then the last minute yeah. they stick it back in there and wreck you. Like they know they're going to wreck you. My biggest one just happened recently. Daytona. We were <laughs> passing for the damn not not that not the road course, <laughs> um, but we were passing Joey on the outside for the lead there, and then I thought we were going to be leading the race coming to one to go. And you really got, you're mad at Danny for that? He got yeah yeah I'm I'm good now, bro. I signed my deal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, unfortunately, he said I, you got to be still I mad. Don't, so I don't have a contract, so I'm gonna have to kiss Danny's ass forever on the show. But uh, but yeah, I thought we had a good shot at maybe you know at least putting ourselves in position to win that race and. And Joey kind of got turned. I still don't blame Denny as much as I blame the guys behind Denny shoving the hell out of everybody there. And it just didn't work out right. And I don't really think it was anybody maliciously wrecking us. It was just a lot of guys pushing at the end. But that sucked for us. I thought we had a shot to win that race. Yeah, uh, before we kick this this thing off, we, we got to give a shout-out to the best presenting podcast sponsor in NASCAR, our friends at OfferPad, obviously – They've spent a couple years here with us. Um, we've done a lot to to help build their brand. I'll never forget we were at Texas, and Clint was sent out a tweet, and he's like, I've been here so long, I feel like I need a residence. And I got hundreds of replies off of his tweet that said, you should go to OfferPad. They're telling Clint how to go buy a freaking house in Texas. <laughs> and, and without our brand awareness that we're able to raise for those guys on a national level to our millions of listeners you know, it, it just is cool to be in a relationship business and see their business growing and, and hopefully a lot more exciting things coming for them down the road. But the key is, TJ, like when you go to their website and you want to know how much your home's worth, you got to click that NASCAR option as to how you heard about them. Yeah, that's the only way they know that you listen. Uh, what a unique idea, though, about how to sell your house. I-buying is the bomb. I mean, how much easier – I mean – we have groceries delivered now. Why not just have someone come to look at your house, tell you how much they'll give you for there it? There was some new thing we found out about this weekend. What's I, it called? I'm not. Freddie? Are we talking about that? Yeah. Already? What's it what called? What is it? Go Puff, I Go, believe You ever heard of called? Go Puff, TJ? I have never so, heard of So that. we're sitting there at Clint's house. Just Clint cut the segment Clint already. Has, I can see where Clint, this is going. <laughs> no, it, it sounds like that, but it's really not that. Clint had gone to bed. And well, next thing you know. a good idea. Next point. thing you know, this is no <laughs> Here walks in this lady. I'm talking. She walks into the house, and there's yeah. Like I thought it was one of their friends. Me, I, me, me too. There's 20 people up there. A lot of people. Obviously, it's the last race. And so Clint's asleep. Yeah, Clint's really know where he's at. Hide and go seek. He can't find the guy. But in walks this lady with two bananas and seven hundred dollars worth of wine, and I'm like, and she puts it on the table, and they're like, all right, thanks, honey. Have a good night. She leaves, and I'm like, who was that? They went to this app. It's basically Uber Eats, a DoorDash, but it's for convenience, convenience store items. Store. And so this lady walks in. She has to bring you food. She can't just – you can't just buy alcohol. Uh, but here she comes in with Camus and all these nice wines and two bananas. And a bag of I'm bacon. Like, I'm like, who's going to eat bananas and bacon? And they're like, oh, you have to order $10 worth of food. It's a $10 food minimum order. But you just spent $1,000 on wine, by the way. They have they have one of those around here now. I can't even think what it's called where it's specific to liquor stores. Yeah. And you can order – you can like – Get on your phone. I don't. I've never looked into it enough. But like, how would they validate? Don't, don't, don't even tell us what the name of that is, please. No, <laughs> we don't. We do not need that. You guys have enough here. I buying is good. the best, and when yes. it's easy. Just think though, but it's that easy to get bananas, and now it's that easy to sell your house. <laughs> I know, yeah. man. You know what? Bananas and bacon and wine. Why not? And good sell mix, my house. Right? I mean, I, w- I yeah. literally went and did that. I went through this process a couple weeks ago. I, I talked about it on here. It was literally. Five minutes of answering 
questions where most of them were you know point and click questions and i had an offer the next day and and it was thirty thousand dollars more than you thought it'd be i sold my house and i didn't tell megan yet so i hope she doesn't mind (laughs) (laughs) well megan's okay with the but yeah i mean huge thanks to offerpad offerpad is the reason that i'm on this show now uh our buddy kyle there they 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 kind of so either blame them or thank them however you want to do it but but they're the but they're the reason, the sole reason I'm on this show. So for some reason, people like Freddie TJ, and I still ain't figured out why. <laughs> it's my charmingly yeah. good looks. Yeah, it's definitely your good looks. <laughs> definitely your good looks. But you, but you look back at the year. Obviously, Dirty Mo Media has a lot of people here that touch our show. Hannah, thank you for coming on and and hosting. We obviously uh, love Casey to death. Miss her. Glad she's home being a mom. You know, Jason has probably grown as much as any person i've been around in podcasting jason by the way you're the only person i've been around uh you've grown a ton i've grown a ton myself and and i've look there's a lot there's a lot of times i've challenged i've challenged jason and and he stepped up to the plate he's done a hell of a job with our videos and our content and our show sheets and leah our social media director she's phenomenal and then Matthew, I don't know where Matthew's at today. Well, no, you know where he's at. When I asked people last week what their favorite part of the show was, hands down, the number two rated answer was us spiking Matthew Dillner's coffee. <laughs> and that was the guy that doesn't drink that much idea, too. So, Yeah, yeah, good job. <laughs> I knew That's I didn't have to you. do much other than bring it up. I, I, knew, the, I knew the alcoholics <laughs> would handle it from there. <laughs> we didn't need much convincing. Uh, I knew you guys would handle it from there. I'm so I, glad that video went out, too, Like as soon as that went out. like It is so much funnier to watch it. Yes. Then it even it was funny to listen to it. I went back and even listened to it, and you just hear TJ go, "Hey, hey, wait, wait! Everyone, stop the conversation. I have an idea." Is that donor's coffee? And he just drank it. Like, yeah, you didn't you know, put enough in it. He's from no. Long Island. Y'all told me to stop. I was you put pouring. a lot in there. I'd have kept going for sure. I would have filled it up. We should have mixed some vodka too, or whatever. Mixed it's a few things. Long Island yeah. coffee. Yes, just mixed it all up for him. Nasty. But yeah, offer pad. Uh, what a unique idea, and they've been a huge part of this show, man, for a while now. Spotters have a podcast is a big deal. Because you guys, I don't know if I've ever said this out loud on the show, but when I got here in 1999, um, you know, you're trying to assess what's going on. And back then, we only traveled about 10 guys, and the guy who was a front-end mechanic was also the tire changer. And the guy who was, you know, changing freaking truck arms was also the jack man. Like, we didn't have a lot of depth. And – you know, Eddie Wood, I'll never forget this. He looks at me and he goes, we just picked the dumbest guy on the team and hand him a headset and tell him to go up there and spot. And I'm like, well, dang, that's kind of harsh. Two years later, he handed me a headset. Isn't that what, <laughs> isn't that what you did for Michael Walter? And I was like, uh, <laughs> you did I the same like, thing for Michael, right? I don't know if I should be excited about this freaking headset offer or not. Cause I remember what, I mean, literally it was ringing in my ears when he's like, Brett, you got a spot today. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm the dumbest guy on the team. I'm now. The- Guy, I'm the guy. It, um, I mean, it, back then those spotters weren't really required to do much of anything at all. It's so funny. I was telling somebody this weekend. They were asking me, you know, about spotting and all this stuff. And I was like, look, when I got here, I was the youngest guy on the roof at 25 years old, and it was a lot of pilots. It was a lot of motor coach drivers. It was a lot of truck drivers. It was a lot of people who built shocks. Like it wasn't spotting wasn't its own niche yet, and I, I was fortunate to see and be a part of the movement where spotting became. More and more important. I'm not afraid to tell you guys this. My first season spotting full time, 2001. What do you think it paid, Anna? 36 point races, plus a, a Daytona qualifying race, plus an All Star weekend. What do you think it paid? Thirty five thousand. Twelve thousand dollars. 
I got like 400 bucks a week. That was my first pay sub from MBT Motorsports. Uh, not pay sub, but end of the year deal you got. In December, I had a, I think I still have it somewhere. I said year to date. It was like 12400 or something. I was like, yep. oh, yep. good year. So, uh, Elliot was paying me a base <laughs> fee to boy. be his manager. Uh, and then on top of that, I was getting $12,000 to be a cup spotter. Now, cup spotters. You make more than that now? Yeah. I just yeah. signed my deal. Yeah. It was for 13000 yeah. I thought I did pretty yeah. good. You 13000 a week? <laughs> cup no, guys. This and I'm going to say this, and this is going to make some people mad, and I don't really give. A oh boy, I know. <laughs> He's done so spotting. In did. 2021, a cup spotter will finally be paid what they're worth, and this will be the first year. Because here's why: these guys that are really, really good at it make a really good living. Okay, you foreshadowing, Freddie? There's, there's not, there's not many of them that are really, really good at it. But the 15 or so that are really, really good at it make a really good living, okay? But the problem is, before this year, they had to leave their homes on Thursday, and they had to work on Friday. They had to work on Saturday. They had to work on Sunday, and then they got home Sunday night at midnight. So they were gone from their families four days a week. The way this year worked out, if you're a full-time cup spotter and you don't do other series, you can still make a really good living – and only have to worry about working the event. Now you're still going to be gone two days and one night, but you should have been paid. If if and look, I obviously do a lot of stuff in the business world. Business executives that travel as much as we make, much as we do, make a lot more money than we make, right? But when you look at people who show up and just do the game, like in other sports, they make bank for just doing the game. We don't do that. We make a good living to go be gone for four days. Finally, in 2021, if you're just a cup spotter, and I'm going to be honest with you, the Xfinity Series, most teams don't pay well. You know, Junior Motorsports pays pretty good. College Racing plays pays great. But when you see those guys back there running from 20th back, it's not worth the money. I would not spot for one of those guys because, A, it makes you look bad as a spotter if something bad goes wrong. And now you're tainted as, oh, what did a spotter tell him? What, what happened? It's not worth the money to go do that. But next year, if you do cup only like TJ does, I know he helps out in trucks some, unless he's on vacation with Dale Jr. Then, it, it, and my point is, I know I'm rambling, next year is finally when the cup spotter is going to get paid what they're worth. Maybe I should go be a cup spotter. Come on. There might be an opening. Let me know. You'd be good at it. Me? Yeah. The last cup spotter we had up there that was a female, uh, her name is Donna LePage. Love her to death. Google Kevin LePage wrecks at Talladega. Oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> There's not, that's why we have a blend roll. <laughs> I spotted for my dad for a year. How'd that go? It was good, actually. We won a couple races. He wouldn't let me, he wouldn't give me a... Push to talk? Push to talk. He made you do the headset thing oh, all day? Dude... That man. I tell you what, I had to do that. It. Uh, My finger froze. It was like a September, late September race in Idaho. And it's I'm, annoying to do that. I had to do it oh, in Texas. Hurt. My, I don't know what happened. I had a cable go bad or something in Texas, yeah. and I had to spot like the first half of the truck race for my headset. I was like, "This is awful." I remember yeah. having to do this at the short tracks. This is terrible. <laughs> Spo- talk about pampered and spoiled again. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, we're so spoiled. All right, now that we're an hour in, let's start the show. Yeah, well, so that, that was the longest <laughs> OfferPad read ever. Before we get started, we're going to hear more about our presenting sponsor of OfferPad. Hi, we're OfferPad, the new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services. Hi! 
Bye. I was able to sell my home, purchase my dream home, as well as get my loan through them, handyman services, landscaping, cleaners, the list goes on and on. I sold my home with OfferPad. Start your free request today at OfferPad.com. Spot off. Spot off. Spot off. Spot on. You like it. Spot off. You don't like it. And you say why either way. All right. Spot on. Spot off. Now that we've made it through championship weekend, we talked about it all year long. Phoenix being the first time um, holding the championship. What did you guys think as Phoenix being the championship track? Freddie, you can start. I think it's great uh, if we throw a comp caution with two to go in all the races. <laughs> that would have been a great idea. But uh, Concur. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I think Homestead was way racier. I, I was glad to see that we continued the trend where the top four in points just dominated and stayed the top four all race long. I don't know if you want to call that a conspiracy theory or what, but they were obviously the fastest four cars there yesterday. The nine was stupid fast. I don't even know what else to say. Like we said, he talked about driving a tenth from last in that first – 30 laps so uh but yeah i mean the racing wasn't bad it's just it's just you can't pass so it's all about restart so you need you know i, I don't know add cautions or something I, but it would the obviously had two great finishes on the night the friday and saturday because we had green white checker restarts and we would have had another one if we had a green white checker restart on uh sunday but you know chase was just a dominant car and and you just don't see i feel like homestead was way racier way more lines to use you know it just it just played off better as a race I'm same way as Freddie. It was a great Friday night. Green white checker guy come with tires ran so low that we couldn't even see him through with one and two. Uh, comes back up there, wins the race. Saturday, three wide off a of turn four, coming to the white flag. You know, one guy just racing for the win. Really aggressive guy. And had he, you know, completed the deal in Texas, he probably could have. Had a good shot at the championship right there with Noah, but you know, three guys racing for the win off a of turn four coming to the white, and just an exciting race. And then you know, we get to the cup race, and it just gets we have a green flag stop before the end. And after a green flag stop, things are usually pretty strung out, so it doesn't really, uh, you know, we're all running the same line basically. And the only way to, to really move around, um, get around somebody is to, you know, it's hard to pass, really hard to pass. We, we were we were able to hold the lead for a while in the beginning, but we had a we had a tire we had a vib- really bad vibration for three quarters of a run, and it was really affecting Joey under braking, and it was just ended up being a tire or something, not a loose wheel, but just something with a tire. I guess Brad had one too. That's why he short pitted that one time. But I just don't. I, I, I miss Homestead. Um, I miss Homestead multiple lanes. You know the the risk of running the wall to find that speed there was so much more um i don't know can this guy do I, we're watching every single corner when these guys are blasting a fence just waiting for that guy to slip up four inches so we can hit the wall and, and make a mistake and this is where it separates the guys the guys that can do it you know get after it up there and and it's just exciting more exciting to me than that but yeah yeah i agree spot on for phoenix being the season finale in 2020 Spot off if it's still the season finale in 2022. Give me Bristol or give me death. Give me Martinsville or give me death. Like, take, do not leave this race as the race for the championship for multiple years. Like, let's move this thing around. 
Let's see if it produces different champions. Let's uh, let's keep shaking this schedule up, man. We can we can still go to the majority of the same tracks and accomplish that. And and, and I don't want it to get stale because it was fresh this year. It was cool, man. And, and tires mattered in the truck race. Didn't matter as much in the Xfinity race. Ross Chastain came out on tires, and the twenty two who also was in a different zip code on Saturday, he managed to keep the lead, right? But but I thought the racetrack did as well as it could do, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to see us keep going there year after year after year. And I understand why we're going back there in 21, and I'm all for it, but after that, move it. Yeah, I don't want to see us go anywhere more than a year or two. You know, I think, like you said, I mean, if you get to the point where there's just guys that are really good at certain tracks, you know what I mean? And we Obviously, the nine was dominant. So now you let him in there again next year. Is he just going to, you know, he say he wins Martinsville, gets in the final four. He's gonna, is he going to just rack up championships because we keep running Phoenix? Or, you know, you know, if we were staying at Homestead, Kyle Larson was eventually just going to rattle off. I mean, he was untouchable at Homestead. If he ever made it to the final four, he probably would have yeah, been warm people out. Yeah. But it's a strong point I, for I, him. I think, you, I think you just need to move it. Just like you said, keep it fresh, keep it different. Just try it a bunch of different places. I think at least a track like Homestead, even on a short run, you can have like Kyle Larson. His strong point at Homestead was long runs. At the the last twenty five thirty laps of a run, he's so fast. But you also have guys that are better on a short run. You know, you just, it's just there's a good mix there, in my opinion. If it, if we were gonna run somewhere consistently, I think Homestead was still the track to do that at. at the other, if you but there's a lot of edgy tracks. There's there's Bristol. Yeah. There's Martinsville. There's Darlington. There's a lot of places where we say the guy's up on the wheel. And Phoenix just in one of those places. I don't think Darlington has the in the Cup cars is like that as much anymore. But definitely short tracks, Bristol, and, and I'm not even, discounting that they're not always up on the wheel yeah. because they are. But we can see the edginess at the, some of those. Places. I was going to say, I think, I think you know, especially right in front of us, three and four. It's it's an edgy corner, and they're they're driving the shit out of it. But the problem is, you can't pass. No, like it's just one lane. Yeah. Next one here for the Cup Series. Spot on, spot off. Chase Elliott goes from starting last to finishing first to win the championship. Brett. Spot on. I, I mean, it was obvious yesterday he had the fastest car, and so many times the fastest car doesn't win. He's obviously the most popular driver. Um, I'm not surprised by this. I, I said in last week's show, if he brings the speed and the ability under braking that he's had at road courses in Martinsville, look out, and there it is. Yeah. I mean, I picked him last week when we, when we went through our picks, and, uh, you know, just – Kind of goes back to our old buddy Cole Pern. You bring ten illegal things to the track and hope that four or five of them get through. And sometimes you you bring something really obvious so that they catch you in tech with that, and they maybe don't look as closely as some other things you might have. So uh, I kind of knew when he got bounced in tech yesterday, it was like, oh boy, they're, they've they've come loaded for bear for this one. So not so, like you said, fast car won the race. Ah. Uh. Spot off. <laughs> I don't blame you. Spot off. I, I mean, I had the same feeling. You, you, you look did. good to start the race, man. Like, you're up there dominating. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because he started 40th. <laughs> yeah, we had a good. I mean, our car was good. Don't get me wrong. But it just wasn't that good. Yeah. You know, I, we were we were better than the 11, better than two in a short run. Two is a little bit better than us in a long run, I think. Your, uh, your pit but, crew was better than the twos. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Our pit crew has been awesome. Who do you think should get the biggest bonus for this championship? Biggest bonus? Speaking of pit crews. Oh, what am I missing, <laughs> Jack? How man? about that dude that jumped back on the wall and saved him from that penalty last week? Oh, I week? thought you were talking about Mike Harmon falling over the wall. Oh, my God. Dude, that God. was awesome, Can, by can the you way. tweet that video out? 
I gotta see if I got permission to tweet that out. But oh, there's already it's, it's on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, Is it on all, Twitter? Yeah. Oh Wait, was my this from God. this weekend? Yes. Mike Karma Mike Karma doesn't realize his own center of gravity is a little higher than the average human. <laughs> And he is trying to catch tires during the truck race. I'm sorry, during the Xfinity race. He's catching the front tire when and it comes he's back He's catching across. the front tire. Oh, too many men over the wall. Down goes Harmon. When they said too many men, they thought it was three different guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, hey, man. I give him credit for being in that. I mean, he's, I will say that, that his cars have run, have been – Way better. Yeah. Since he got out of them. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, hey, he's out there trying. He, hey, I'll catch tires. Why not? On it. He was trying. Yeah, real man. Hard. But, you know, I think uh, I think it's awesome. I, it was awesome that time he was going to So, so gonna Jason can up, tell right? you guys where to watch this video. But all I'm going to say is if you could put the right music to this thing. I'll tweet it. I'll it, tweet it. It would truly be like being at a ballet. What is the right music for that? I don't know, man. Something Mozart. Oh, I was thinking. I was thinking. Know. I was thinking like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go see the video, it's at MHR Racing tweeted it. Oh, they tweeted yeah. themselves. Oh, they yes. tweeted it themselves. Yeah, because they Yesterday. said Boss Man does whatever it takes or something like that. Oh, 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 oh no, that was not graceful <laughs> at all. <laughs> nah, it, it probably hurt too. Nah, and then it looks nah, like the, it looks fine. like the safety guy comes over and like cause instead of standing back up and just like stepping back over the wall, he kind of like throws a leg over and shimmies back <laughs> over the wall. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I'm sorry. We were talking. <laughs> we were talking about pit crews. Uh. Yeah, we'll just roll into the next spot on spot off for that because the next one is Brad Keselowski says that it's a team effort after two slow pit stops on Sunday. I give Brad credit because this is a very good opportunity to just throw your guys under the bus, and these yeah. are the same guys that got him to the championship for. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe they they just had a bad day. They I don't know what, but they they won the championship the night before with. With the twenty two, so obviously they're you know they're they're not a bad pit crew. It's just some, maybe something was going yeah. on down there. But but just credit to Brad because this is the very like there's a lot of guys that would have been lined up to take a cheap shot or or kind of throw somebody under the bus. And Brad realizes these are the same guys that got him to this race, and because they had a bad day, isn't the time to take a shot at them. He's right, man. It's a group effort. It takes the driver gaining spots uh, on resource, holding them off. It takes pit crew helping. I mean, we won Kansas because of our pit crew. Uh, you know, pit crew put us in position to capitalize on something like that. You know, and, and and Joey was able to hold the you know hold the four off, and but the pit crew did it and it, it got us that opportunity. Yeah, pit crew guys make a lot of money. They have a very important job, and uh, sometimes you can execute, and sometimes it's not up to you if you can. I mean, we had a jack break yesterday. We've seen gun problems before. There's a lot of things that can go down that that particular guy doesn't have control of. So I don't know the the situation that, that happened, but obviously a solid team, a solid organization, solid pit crew across the board. And, and I, too, agree with Freddie. Like, he could have blasted them if it truly was an individual or multiple individuals that had problems, and, and he took the high road. So kudos to him. Spot on to him for that. For the Xfinity race, Austin Sendrick asked, did Briscoe spin on purpose? On the radio when the 98 spun to set up an overtime restart, TJ. Uh, I mean, I would probably have the same thing if I was going to win my win a championship and you had a guy that was struggling all day. and and uh, Had a set of tires left. Yeah, had a set of tires left. Uh, you know, you didn't, you're going to have the same thing. I mean, and especially when they spin and they don't really hit much and damage their car, really. And, and uh, But... I don't know. 
whatever. I really, really, really want to give Chase Briscoe credit because I think he's really one of the one of the good guys in the sport. But this is this is pretty suspicious. <laughs> I mean, you you went out there, you pit under the last caution and didn't put your tires on, hoping to get a caution. Um, and then we get down to it there, and you're by yourself, and you, very few cars on the lead lap as well. I yeah, think, right. Oh yeah, I think he. I don't even. He restarted the top ten, I think. Yeah. Um, and you spin out on entry into a corner with two to go, whatever it was. I mean, obviously, I don't know. I mean, I, I would really love to give him more credit. I really hope he didn't do this because if he did, it's complete and and and, and it's and it's just not the way you're supposed to do it. And if if they – I mean, we have ways to find out. There's data. So you can see if he did something different. T- TJ's proud of me. Uh, you can see if he did something different that lap than he's done the, la- the previous, you know, five or six laps. Uh, and, and if he did, there should be some of the harshest penalties you've ever seen, similar to other guys that intentionally altered the outcome of races. Three and four has a lot of ground to use before you spin out. You know, like you can you can kind of jump the cushion a little bit there, and you know, I mean, how many times did we see a fifty something car up there Sunday? Oh yeah, Bubba you know. did it. Bubba did it one time. He tried to pass Bell. He, I don't know where he was going. <laughs> he was way up there. I, I called saw an idiot. It. But you know what I mean. You got like the grip, then you got like another lane that you can use, but it's not quite as grippy. And then you got where it starts to get a little bit dirty. But yeah. they don't. It's not like the old Phoenix where you can. You guys are crazy. This guy tore his car up when he wrecked. If he was trying to bring out a caution. To win the race, you don't wreck your race car. He didn't not only spin out, he wrecked. He tore the rear bumper off the car. His well, shot was better. done. Usually and, when you and, pull and, the bumper off, it, it's faster. If, if I'm Austin Sendrick, I 1,000% ask this question. But if I'm NASCAR, I look at this and go, this guy wrecked. He, he didn't just spin out. Do you think he did it on purpose? He wrecked. I have no idea because I wasn't watching him. Next, I mean, if I were watching him do this, I would make a judgment call. But I was standing in a suite. And I don't know what I was looking at, but it wasn't him. It's probably me. I was probably watching it's the, probably my phone. You're probably looking at that lady working there's track record. <laughs> Cut that out. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my our, God. We had a sweet attendant this weekend. Yeah, no, no. She, she's had a rough road in life, people. I shall tell you. And I heard all about it. <laughs> yeah, Freddie heard about her prison sentence, and he heard about her dating Get, life. Catfish. <laughs> and, and, and Freddie's telling me all this, and I'm not in the suite at the time. I'd gone back to pick up the VIPs. And as I'm driving back to the suite, Freddie's telling me this, and I'm going, "Man, please, dear God, tell this lady, don't tell these stories." That's what I was like. I was like, I was listening when I was in the suite. I was like, every conversation he was having, I was like monitoring. I'm like, "What do I got to listen to me?" She didn't just get out of jail; she just got out of prison (laughs) a week ago. A week ago, and this is my suite attendant for for my 20 guests, and some of them are extremely important. And and if she's telling Freddie her life story, what's she gonna tell these people? Freddie's uh, freaking me the f- out all the way back to the track. I was just how to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I was just making you aware of it because I was not going to be in there when everybody showed up. Oh, by the up. way, there's also a refrigerator full of beer. And I'm like, uh, is she going to start drinking that? Mm-hmm. Like most good stories start with bad anyway, decisions. Anyway, Yikes. she was extremely polite. We tipped her well. We gave her a lot of great gifts. And I wish that lady the best because everybody deserves a second chance or a third or a fourth or a fifth or sixth or seventh or even in this case, an eighth chance because that's what she's on. Prison time. <laughs> Wow. It was special. So where were we there? So when you find me, <laughs> Freddie or TJ, out in public, and you guys, hey, I've got approached more this year than any year that I've ever been in the sport by people who love our show, ask me about the suite attendant, and I'll tell you the whole story. And it's yeah. worth it. It's, 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 uh, it's still, it. even with 
out as many, you know, fans being there as much. It's still uh, crazy how many people come up to us and tell oh, us. I had somebody, I, I could look up his name, he tweeted at me afterwards. I was I was sitting at lunch at that Rudy's Barbecue there, right on oh, yeah. uh, Dysert, and dude's like, hey man, love the show. And I was like, thanks. Yeah. Not somebody else walked by and said something about the show. They should just sell a shirt that says, love the show, because that's what you hear most time. <laughs> hey, yeah. love the show. Yeah. Like, it is a show. All right, next one for Xfinity. Justin Allgaier restarts first for overtime and finishes fifth as Cindric restarted fourth and took the title. I mean, I'm spot on since Cindric won. I don't know about you all, but Justin can't. Justin's done it both ways now, hasn't he? He didn't take – he he stayed – last year, didn't he end the race with a set of tires? I don't remember. Yeah, he had a set of tires left waiting for the caution um, at Should've Phoenix. out. <laughs> This year he has he had to set, set this year he put them on, and the caution needed last year comes out. So yeah, I mean they hit they hit a home run on the caution this time, but well, then they didn't they didn't need the second caution. Yeah, until the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So here's where I'm at on this one. Two things really bothered me about the end of this race. One was we've talked about this on here before. If you want to win at all cost, you, you got to have that killer instinct. And Justin drove into turn one on the 22's bumper, and just let him drive away from him. And and that's your that's your opportunity. If you if you if you got that killer instinct, you, you're you're gonna pack air, do everything you can to try to get this guy freed up to to where you know give yourself a shot off a of turn two and race him back to the line. The other thing that really drove me crazy here, and 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 this is not gonna be a popular opinion amongst our listeners, I'm sure, but the seven car had a teammate right there that could have greatly affected the outcome of this championship. And instead of maybe trying to help hold off the 22 and let the 7 win the race, Noah decided to go for the win himself. Yeah, and, what was Noah doing? And I don't – I don't. What I'm, are you talking about? He's trying to win the race. That's I'm what not, he's paid to do. I'm not – Okay. This is what I'm talking – okay, let me ask you this. We just talked about this last week. If you're leading a race Sunday – And you're second? Uh, no. Nope, you're blocking nope. for me. <laughs> and, and Chase Elliott, his best car all day, is third. And Ryan Blaney – Who's not in the final four has an equal, maybe a, you know, equal tires. Are you expecting Ryan Blaney to go up there and pass you and, and carry the nine with him, or would you expect him to maybe try to learn, learn a little interference on the nine? Uh, I don't know if I'm expecting him to go for the win, but I mean, I'm just saying from my standpoint, if I'm on the seven team, I would, I would have thought. I don't think Noah didn't. Noah was on the bottom the entire time. What else is he supposed to do? Really, he could have just stayed next to the damn twenty-two. Oh, I mean, he just Austin just ran up anyway. He did through three and four, coming to the white. Yeah, but I'm just saying, he, like he like the Noah opened the door off of four for the 22 to get in there underneath the seven. Like, well, that was because the seven was way up the racetrack, though. Too. Yeah, well, he's running the. Group. He didn't have honestly. I thought Noah was going to come up thinking I, they were. I don't too know wide. that. I don't know that they could have held the 22 off anyway, as good as the 22 was. But if I'm in the seven car, I would hope for a little more help from my teammate rather than him just come up here and pass me. Yeah, I mean, I mean. It's just hard on a green-white checker. I think everything was happening so fast there, and I, I really thought they were going to wreck off a four coming to the white because yeah, I, Noah started creeping when, up. When they came off a four, I, in my mind, if I if I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I've never driven a car at this level, but like they come off side, the twenty-two and the nine are side by side, two, three, and four. The seven's out front. I'm just going to pin the twenty-two behind the seven at that point, and and then let them run through three and four. All you got to do is get through one more set of corners, and you can kind of. You know, I don't think Noah could have ran up and stayed that because that middle area was kind of that middle area was kind of um, no man's land for grip. I think yeah, the twenty two would have carried I mean, his runoff. He got the lead into three. 
Noah got out front, and the twenty-two got twenty-two oh, had to go yeah, around. Yeah, him. but the the Austin already had the seven beat. Yeah, by I, that know, point. I know that, but I'm saying the reason why Austin got around the seven is because Noah kind of took off and and let this happen. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, and it's not going to be popular. Everybody's going to say Noah should go for the win, and, and and that's fine. He should go for the win. In my opinion, Noah either needs to get out front or get out of the way. Yeah, or he needs to get in the way. Is what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't think you'll see many do that on a green white checker. A long that's run. Possible. We got held up by some Chevys at the end of the race yesterday. Obviously, you were one of them. But if yeah. I'm Dale Jr., <laughs> if I'm Kelly Earnhardt, I'm sitting these two guys down over the winter and I'm fixing this problem because this problem has been ongoing all year. How many times have we talked about the nine and the seven, at least four or five, and they've all been very important situations. And, look, it seems to me like Noah keeps coming out on the better end of the stick. And Justin is the veteran. No one is the – Noah. no one. I wonder who oh, no one is. No one. Noah is the young and hungry guy. Um but as an organization, I can't believe Mr. Organization himself sitting beside of me doesn't see this because if he were in this organization, he would have a completely different view than he has right now. If this were two Penske guys and it were Joy Logano and Brad Keselowski, and Brad Keselowski, and Brad Keselowski was out of the freaking Final Four and Joey was in the Final Four, TJ would have a completely different view of this thing. I watched it go down live, and when Noah stuck his nose in there, I was like, Wow. Is he trying to win the race? Absolutely. Should he be trying to win the race? Yes. Should he try to help his teammate win a championship? Probably. Like it's a, it's a really tall order to manage all that. But as it went down, I, I literally saw it happen. And I was like, whether you agree with with who should do what, the nine in that situation to me probably screwed up the sevens opportunity, which is why Hannah said what she said. What the hell was Noah doing? I said the same thing out loud, and the answer is. He's trying to win the race, so I don't know if you fought him for that or not. But that's what it was. That's the way I saw it live. I just don't think you can manipulate it as much there as what we think with tires. Noah had tires, I believe, and I think Freddie's got a lot of his opinion based on how Noah's raced all year. I don't think Freddie's just looking at this as a one-time scenario. I think. Freddie's, oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if Noah looked at him as a teammate at that point, but you know, well, he I, is. I, I know. I just can't fault a guy going for the win, man. You would totally – you would be he wearing He just said that he would expect Blaney to help him. You would be a, wearing I would a in a long run, not on a – I mean, a green-white checker with tires would be wearing so hard to do. You would be a completely different hat if, this, if you were in this I just don't think you can do it on a green-white checker If you were spotting tires. for the seven and Earl was spotting for the nine and you were still employed here, you would have a completely different outlook on this thing. Would have saved my tires. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the truck series now. Uh, still on spot on spot off Spencer Gallagher what's he up to nowadays Spencer Gallagher tweeted actual amateur hour horse in a championship race when the final caution came out in the truck series race Dawson Cram is an idiot I mean I, I don't know what else you can say about it the guy the guy's multiple laps down and then he goes on Twitter and blames us all on on his spotter who is Spotter's probably one of the most decorated spotters in the sport. Who spots for Dawson? The guy that didn't win the Xfinity race for Justin. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So he throws him under the bus. But here's my question to him. So he's he's multiple laps down, racing amongst lead lap trucks. Why are you even attempting to squeeze back up in line? I don't know. How about you just stay on the bottom, get the out of the way with two to go and run the end of the race out like this kid it's got no awareness he almost wrecked Krause at 
Did Texas, you lose money on this race? No, but it's just <laughs> like, I mean, you, you, we've talked about approval process on here before. The approval process needs to be seriously addressed for these championship races because this guy being a moron just decided you're a 2020 champion. Brett Moffitt's gone. Nobody's going to touch him. And and now with a late race caution, and and now he loses the championship because of it. We saw Jesse Awuji out there in the race on Saturday. What? How does that happen? This guy was – I think he was running pit road speed all the way around the racetrack. <laughs> like, we had, we had drivers in the suite that were honestly saying – I don't know how you can physically go that slow on the racetrack. I, I'm not drivers, sure. not only drivers, drivers who have won big races are saying that. About yeah, it. yeah, like, yeah. I mean, how does that guy get? Like, what if he? There was one time. I think it was coming to the end of the stage. Didn't they have to split him for the they like for the him. stage? Yeah, like get, like let's let's really think about who we're letting out there. Is that for down the backstretch? Like no, in the, three, in the three coming. Yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. the backstretch in the three, they had to split them. Chase, I think it was Chase and Austin. But I mean, I let's saw. let's really revisit this and think about who the hell we're letting on the racetrack in the races that are going to. If we're going to have a one race playoff to decide your champion, we got to consider who else is on the damn racetrack with them. We don't need clowns on the court. That's what it comes down to. And 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 look, you know, Spencer Gallagher's guy that's he's been in these he's been in this business in a lot of different ways, and he called it like you see it, man. Spot on for for somebody with the balls to do that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I kind of agree with him. That was. Uh, um. Yeah, that's hard to hard to do that. Like Moffat did everything he had to do to get out front. Uh, Should have won that race, really. And you know, you have a caution come out and just. Yep, you're not going to win. I mean, and and the, the 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 funny thing is, you know, Spencer's pissed off. Spencer's truck still won the championship. One of his trucks, but. But you know, but like he's right. You know, this it, the way it should have played out was just you know Moffat. Continuing on dominating the win, but now you got a guy that's multiple laps down somehow squeezes, trying to squeeze in front of a, a lead lap truck who's racing for position. Spencer, fake pissed here or real pissed here? Uh, he's probably real pissed here. I don't think Spencer <laughs> tweets fake mad. Yeah, fake. You don't think he's fake pissed? No, I don't he's, either. I think he's real pissed on this one. I think he was fake mad at Gateway that one time. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> Sheldon Creed goes from eighth to first in two laps to win the truck championship. What a move! Yeah, I mean, spot on. He's been he's he's been the fastest truck all year. I think most consistently, you know, the fastest and and super aggressive. And that aggression sometimes gets him gets him in trouble and he, and he costs him some races. But but I mean, what a move! What did he start ninth on the last restart and and uh, and just drove up in there. I mean, you can't can't fault the guy. We want tires to matter. They matter. Spot on. Uh, Derek Nealon. Uh, was one of the first guys yesterday to say hey to me and kind of give me, a, you know, the high five on obviously my last, what could be my last ever full-time season. Um, and, and and Derek is a big fanboy, right? I mean, he's a he's – a, <laughs> and, and I like Derek. I love Derek to death. I, I mean, I, I'd have a beer with him again in a heartbeat. Um, but he fanboys out. And he's the he's the guy in victory lane taking team selfies. Like, I'm just not that guy. Everybody's different. But for for him – to get to win a championship and to win races, I know, you know, I watched Eddie DeHaunt yesterday. I was the first guy to Eddie DeHaunt to, to congratulate him on his championship. And as I walked off the roof, I turned around and Eddie was jumping up and down with his arms up in the air. And, and I know in Derek's heart when this race ended that his heart was jumping up and down with his arms up in the air. That's truly how happy he was. So old Brett Griffin is – 
I like to see these guys be happy. And and I know deep down You're getting soft. That Derek I am getting soft. I know deep down that Derek was truly the happiest guy probably in the state of Arizona. He's probably happier than Sheldon, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, Derek, super happy. Um <laughs> Super. He was banging Super on the railing. Did you feel? You're yeah. right. I mean, he was banging on the railing. I'm happy for him. Though, yeah, too. That, awesome. that was a obviously a great restart by Sheldon. Um, I, honestly, I didn't. It doesn't surprise me that Sheldon can get up through them guys like that. With, I mean, you're half a, the lap times were half a second off or a little bit more than half a second. So that that's an incredible amount of grip in a corner at a short track, especially when we're all on old tires. You're trying to get to the top as quick as you can. Sheldon's rolling. Eight lanes below us I think on he the, was in the infield. I think he. I think he, almost uh, he, had a he absolutely. I think he went through the infield care center down there in <laughs> one and two, and uh, you know cleared about twelve cars down there and came back up. But you know, a great, great call to get the tires at that point. But I just hate to. I hate to see a race kind of play out like that. You know, it, a guy was driving away. Um, you know, Moffitt, they kind of played it right and. Um, I guess you should have pitted. <laughs> can we – I know we're trying to get out of this segment, but I don't know if we can talk about it an hour later. Did anyone watch Brett Moffitt's post-race interview? He basically, you know, talked to TV and said, you know, we lost a lot of races because apparently someone up on the box can't call a race, and we lost another one tonight because the guy on the box, like, straight up bust through Chad Norris. Like, straight bust through him. Chad I mean, Norris used to be at Rush. Yeah, yeah, that's he couldn't him. call races there either, could he? So yeah. we all knew that Moff wasn't coming back like well before this. Oh, he's weekend. not coming back. No, Where's they're going. They're moving. Our Motorsports. Who? Our that two oh two car. That Andy Sice used to the have. Xfinity deal. Yeah, yeah, he runs good in that car. Though. Yeah, it started off like as a fifteenth, twentieth place car. They're like top yeah. ten. He runs probably. I mean, eighth to fifteenth. Okay. Listen, most I, listen. I don't know. Obviously, tires mattered a lot. I don't know how the hell they stayed out. Um but, whew, guess what? If you feel, I mean, I, I love Brett. I think Brett's a hell of a race car driver, and, what a name. and I feel for him on this deal. Shh. But if you feel this strongly about the fact that you need tires, guess what, bro? Hang a left. Yeah. They'll put them on there for you. Yeah, you like, come down pit road. They're gonna they're gonna change <laughs> your tires. Brett's got to pee. Out. Man, it's been a uh, it's been a crazy and great season traveling all across this country and racing and. Luckily, man, in our profession, we get to visit a lot of cool parts of the U.S. and explore what they have to offer. There are so many cities, Brett, that we race in that would make for really, really cool places to live. Luckily for you, if you want to make a move closer to a racetrack or if you want to sell your home, our presenting sponsor, OfferPad, has lots of markets in great parts of the United States. We're fresh back from Phoenix, close to where OfferPad is headquartered in Chandler, Arizona. In addition to Phoenix, OfferPad is in other race markets including Jacksonville, Florida, Birmingham, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, Las Vegas, Nevada, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. You can get ready to move to any of these areas by logging on to OfferPad.com, filling out a form about your current home, and getting a cash offer within 24 hours. And if you're like Freddie, you take that cash offer, then decide where you want to move next using the Buy tab on OfferPad.com. OfferPad has the best service and the most perks. Don't worry about showings or open houses. Enjoy being able to pick your own closing date and take advantage of that free local move. OfferPad makes moving simple. They remove the hassle and want to help get you on your way. Go get the process started today on OfferPad.com. 
and this is very important, when OfferPad asks you where do you heard about them, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Just put a shot in that glass. <laughs> when he comes back. Yeah. Here. Yeah. It's a penalty shot. Here, Jason. Jason, we got the Tito's well, open. Oh. oh. Do, 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 do. Thanks for the fans for sending us vodka. Brett's going to consume it now. I can't wait to go to sleep. I'm so tired. <laughs> Hope that glass was clean. Why don't you take a hit off that, Jason? We're reading Whoa, tweets. Easy. You almost spilled it. Yeah, take a what drink. That, that's that's your, a penalty shot. Yeah. Where's everybody else's at? We already took them. Sorry, I didn't. Oh, I don't believe that. Where'd that come from? A bottle? Could be water. Could be vodka. You'll find I out. I ain't drinking water. Well, then go ahead and drink water. it. The, the seal is off this yep. bottle over here. Look at Hoof. Mm, that's hot. <laughs> You'll be all right. I've seen oh, you do no. it. That literally <laughs> makes me get... <laughs> Lesson learned. Do not leave the room. <laughs> When yeah, there's apparently. alcohol on the table. <laughs> now I'm scared to go pee. Yeah, you gotta go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we gotta go. Don't we gotta go to Kelly's office? Where's, yeah. Where's her office at? She said she'd drop oh. off some vodka over there. Oh yeah. Hey, hot vodka. <laughs> Let's fill this up. Here <laughs> <laughs> you go, Kelly. Uh, what were we talking about? At least give me whiskey. Well, it's even it's now. time for reaction Twitter, oh, which reaction. is apparently one of the uh, new oh. favorite segments where fans like to piss off the boys, and it's super fun. From my perspective. So that being said, Freddie, you are the first one up on Reaction Twitter. All right. We got some good ones here. Um, I like this guy. Well, this guy here just spelled my name wrong. But uh, Skim Beeble at ArcaFan69. That's your first problem. It says, Freddie Crapped. I think he just, I think it auto-corrected on the poor guy. He spelled my name wrong. Crap, like C-R-A-P? K-R-A-P-T. Crap. Crap. He just, I don't, maybe he meant a P, maybe he thought it was a P-H and he forgot the H for the for the F. Oh. I'm not sure. Um, I'll follow him and, and, and give him the correct spelling. Hey, at least he spelled my name with I-E. I appreciate that. Um, what's this one for here? But uh, Bubba talking about his own ride. So this is a reply to Bubba having a ride. And Jay Lee. At one daddy stovepipe. <laughs> Yikes. That's Jeez. a good one. Uh, now you have ruined one icon. I guess you get a chance to ruin another one. F- off. You're blocked. He mm. thinks you're going to ruin Michael Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So this next one, I, I tweeted something about Bubba on, I don't even know what night it was, Thursday, Friday night, and I got a bunch of people that told me that they're glad I'm not going with Bubba, so I really ruined their f- day today. But yeah. this guy here took the cake. I hope they get Eric a new crew chief next year. Well, I don't even know where to start with this moron. Like, unfortunately for you, maybe maybe he don't like Baxter. Maybe maybe I was looking too much into this, but Baxter will be Eric's crew chief next year. I won't be the spotter. So, were you ever the crew chief? I was never the crew chief. I don't. I don't. So I don't know if this guy's happy that I'm gone as a spot. He never addressed the spotter situation. But he's going to have to deal with Baxter being the crew chief again next year. I'm, I'm sorry. But, I mean, I don't know. Oh, his name was Magenta at Mish, Michon1dead33. Oh, boy. What a moron. Please Block. sign in with your username. Uh, magenta. <laughs> magenta. All right, TJ. My, hold on. Before My favorite people, like, I don't know if you, and look at your tweets maybe right now, but 
I'll tell you who hates me. Who? Is dogs and cats. Because every nasty tweet I get is from a picture of a dog or a cat. I don't I don't understand how that works, but I'm really good to my dog. I love my dog and the dog and the cats and the animals of the world all hate me. I hate cats, so <laughs> that's fine if they come at me. I don't know why people have cats in their house. Just go fart in a box and walk all in and then come eat a step on your dining room table. What the f- Why? <laughs> oh, Who does that? Who's that? TJ. So, uh, Don France, NC. Pulling for any driver not named Logano. <laughs> that, that's really hurting me. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm going to follow that guy because I agree with him. So. This guy yeah, looks like he's like I, a ho- he's a hobby stock racer or something. That uh, he's on town council. Doesn't really affect. They do better. Shane T, the SJT91. Hard pass. Rather watch paint dry than watch his in-car camera. Well, I'm not sure there's many in-car cameras you want to watch at Phoenix. There, Shane. <laughs> Jasmine, I like Jasmine. That's a nice Ooh. name, Jasmine Howard. Desmond's his sister. Yeah, my Desmond Howard's <laughs> sister, maybe. Um, I think I'd admit TJ Majors was funny as ship if he didn't spit for Joey Logano. <laughs> <laughs> you so. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. Oh my. I'm gonna guess we're gonna get canceled. It's not only the last show yeah. of the year; it's yeah, the last show ever. We yeah, probably shouldn't guys, say that, Jason. Thank you guys for listening and following us all this time. So yeah, I'm gonna guess you got auto corrected there. Hopefully, but um, <laughs> listen. He's still laughing at his own show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mine are mine are pretty mine are pretty lame this week. Uh, Stuart Haas Racing, Stuart Haas Racing. So everybody loves me this week. Stuart House Racing sent out a tweet said, oh, you know, it's nothing, just a little dust in our eyes. And it's a picture of Clint and Jimmy and their families. And then uh, at man of the 1990s tweeted, these two drivers combined for seven cup championships. Wow. I mean, that's just lame. Block. Uh, he's already blocked, actually. I was going to say, he's um, been blocked. All right, the next one was, I tweeted out, if I didn't have kids, own a home, invest in my retirement, own a small business, work for small businesses, and pay attention to income tax rates, I could see myself voting for Biden. Okay, that's what I said. This guy Jacob said, what you can't see, though, is a car to Clint's outside. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Jacob is probably a piece of <laughs> So, Jacob, while you've been doing whatever you've been doing the last 22 years, I don't even know how old you are. Um, I've been having a, a lot of fun out here being a spotter. 40 of us in the world, and I got to be one. Let me know when you reach elite <laughs> status in your life, no matter what it is. It does look like a little kid in this if, profile. If, if Jacob is able to put on socks, the what? fastest of anybody, if he's the fastest sock putter owner in America, then he's elite. Sock putter But owner. until then, you're, you're a piece Little E fan. Next guy. We I've got get all it. Your tweets. We get oh. it. You're an idiotic. <laughs> I-D-I-O-T-I-C. This is from at 66alpine, which is one of those guys with no picture. Um, okay, I may be idiotic, but I can't be unidiotic. <laughs> you idiot. That's There you go. What idiot? The next one says, this is at MC2931. This is one of my favorite ones on Twitter. And look, we all make 
spelling errors on Twitter sometimes. Sometimes Obviously, we spit use and spotter talk, talk to text. <laughs> uh, I think he meant spitter, TJ, personally. Um, it she. says your, she. Y-O-U-R, you're a dumbass. Well, in, <laughs> in, in, in those are my favorite ones. In sixth grade English, Miss Perkins, Apostrophe God bless R-E. her and her hairy legs. She did not shave her legs. It drove me bananas. Uh, my sixth grade English teacher. I did teacher, not want to hear that. She didn't shave her armpits either. Oh. This guy says, you're a dumbass. It's you're a dumbass, or you are a dumbass. So, therefore, you are the dumbass. If it's you and then the word R A R E. Make it all one word. Put the apostrophe in there yeah. and put the R-E after it. Because you're already going to lose an argument because of your grammar. Yeah. What's funny, though, is these people are going on here to block them right now, this MC2931, and they don't even follow me. So, why? So Jasmine, why, do, why take the time to tweet me if you don't even follow me? Jasmine, uh, Jason, when you do this, I think you should take the person's profile and screenshot it and put it on there as well so we can read this because uh, – Jasmine in her profile clearly states that F what people say, do what makes you happy. And uh, a spot for Joey makes me happy. So <laughs> I was I was really proud. We uh, we've we've made the world a better place this or last week on the show because <laughs> oh god I mean I don't want to know uh oh she's special um we have made the world a better place. There's one last dumbass with a shirtless Twitter profile. This week, thanks to us on DBC. So you're welcome, world. Yeah. That wraps up reaction Twitter for last month or so. Wow. Freddie and I brainstormed this top of this oh, segment. Wow. It's been very entertaining. It has been fun. I get a lot of tweets about it. Um, I, it came from it. Was, I mean, it was I brought it to Jason, but it come from Brett just randomly one day reading tweets on the show, and Locking I thought people. it was hysterical. And I was like, man, we got to do that every week and just do it all three of us. So. I'm glad everybody likes it. It's it's been a lot of fun. There's been a couple shows that they make them read mean tweets and stuff, and they're pretty funny. Yeah. Time for Xfinity Fast Lane, where we're going to hit the gas, take our Xfinity speed from the track to the studio. Let we'll me guess who ran the fastest segment. lap. Let me guess. Well, let's wait to the read. You get six questions. Who answers the fastest? Who gets it right? TJ is up first, right? Yep. Okay. First winner. one. Winner, winner. Two weeks in a row, right? Or two out of three. How many laps did Joey Logano lead at Phoenix? Uh, I don't know. 58. Which non-playoff driver finished highest on Sunday? Oh, man. Um, I can picture it. Jimmy? Which Joe Gibbs racing car finished highest in the Xfinity Series race? Brandon Jones. What are baby goats called? Goats. What is the national sport of Japan? Uh, water polo. Ping pong? <laughs> I think about Forrest Gump. Yes. Yeah. How many legs do butterflies have? Alright, Logano led 125 caterpillars laps before yesterday. they become butterflies. Baby goats are called kids. Sumo wrestling is the national sport of Japan. Son, I and thought it was catching flies. Uh, that's why I thought you catching flies with chopsticks. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Alright, Brett, you're up. Oh great. Let's go. Who finished directly behind Clint Boyer on Sunday? 
I don't know. I thought we were looking forward while we were racing. Right behind me? Uh, What's that? Y'all hear that noise? It's a shot. What's the question? <laughs> Who finished directly behind Clint on Sunday? The guy that I passed. I don't know. <laughs> I do. Who finished last on Sunday? I don't know. Oh, I think I know that one. No, I can't give it to him now. He missed it. So I don't know. I don't know. Quinn. Oh, poor guy. Which Xfinity Series Championship 4 driver finished the lowest? The guy that wrecked, Briscoe. What building is on the back of a $20 bill? Oh, Freddie's house. <laughs> <laughs> what is the state dance of South Carolina? Shag. How many tea- you got? Do you know what shagging stands for in England? How many teaspoons are in five tablespoons? How many teaspoons are in five tablespoons? Ten. So my mom was in England. She's uh, We got family over there. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched the Austin Powers movie where they talk about shagging. Yeah. So my mom is sitting around a table full of 20 adults. And they're like, so, Glady, what do you guys do back home for fun? She's like, oh, we go shagging. <laughs> Mom was a freak. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. Mom's like, oh, I say something wrong. And they're like, oh. it's a dance. Like, they didn't know what shagging was, but I knew that one. Yeah. I can shag. I can teach you how I know, to shag. I know who finished directly behind your ass on Sunday. You? Yeah. What, is, awesome. what does it look like? Let me know. Shagging? I should be careful when I put that in on YouTube. I would not, I would not Google shagging. <laughs> Bless your young heart. So, Quinn Hoff finished last. The White House is on the back of the $20 bill, and there are 15... Uh, teaspoons and five tablespoons. Damn, I missed that one. I could have got that one right. Dance. All right, Freddie, you ready? Sure. How many Brett get? Two out of six. You're tied. Holla. What position did Bubba Wallace roll off on the grid on Sunday? Like, start? Yes. 23rd. Which of your boys and his teammates finished the highest on Sunday? Uh, Kyle. Who led the most laps in the Xfinity Series race? Briscoe. Uh, what is the name of the vehicle Scooby-Doo and his friends travel in? The mystery van. Marvel mystery van or something like that. Which language <laughs> did the word ketchup come from? That's the likes. <laughs> German. And how many consecutive <laughs> games did Michael Jordan sk- score 10 points or more? I was going to say every one. <laughs> uh, 803. <laughs> so tiebreaker between TJ and Brett, but yeah. you're, you're Freddie. Go What's the name of the damn van? Mystery, mystery machine. machine. Jesus Christ. Are you talking about, I didn't listen. you talking about Scooby-Doo? You think, you think yeah. they shag in the mystery machine? It's got shag carpet, probably. <laughs> So Truex is the highest new. finishing JGR teammate. Justin Allgaier led the most laps in the Xfinity Series race. Chinese is the language where ketchup came from. And Jordan scored 10 or more points in 787 consecutive games. I was like games. 12 off. Give me some credit. <laughs> What's up with the Asian influence this week, Jason? Chinese, Japanese? Dirty knees? Tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> like dirty right. knees? I don't get it. Tiebreaker. <laughs> How many feet are in a mile? Oh, TJ, go. 5,200, I'll go first since he's adding it up. Okay. Um, you can do this. 1,200. 
Like wrong. I think it's like 24, right? So Brett is closest. It's 5280. Ooh. So he was oh, wow. oh, So congratulations, Brett. You oh, won the final Xfinity Fast Lane of the year. Thank you. Congratulations. I'll take uh, more bourbon gifts from you guys next year when we come back. Brett, there's no way you can move this fast. <laughs> Have you ever seen Brett dance? No. It's incredible. It's like a. It's like the best party game ever. <laughs> <laughs> I got video of this idiot clogging. We were te- he was teaching uh, our buddy Kevin and his wife how to clog. And I've got like a step-by-step instructional video of this. Yes. We're always thinking fast on Door Bumper Clear, and so is our new champion, Chase Elliott, because he was this week's fastest lap at Phoenix. We ran that lap on 40-lap tires in traffic. You know what? You know something else is fast? Xfinity X5. Man, it's more than speed too, TJ. It's reliable. It's secure because we want to keep you and Xfinity wants to keep you safe and connected throughout your entire 6,000 square foot mansion, TJ. That's Freddy's. (laughs) He's got a 4,000 square foot couch. Speaking of Xfinity, follow at Xfinity on Twitter and stay connected with exclusive behind-the-scenes NASCAR content. Shout-out to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR, and our amazing podcast with all of our amazing listeners. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. Uh, Ask DBC, where we ask our listeners to send us questions. Prior to the show, using the hashtag AskDBC. First one from at Tim Allen at 19. Isn't that Tim the, the Toolman? Uh, tool, oh. Yeah, Toolman. He sends yeah, in questions a lot. Oh, I knew he, he texts me, he listens. Um, restarts at Phoenix seem to always be wild. How do spotters call restarts differently at Phoenix with the dog leg compared to other tracks and anything that you do differently to prepare for them? Right, you can start. Yeah, man. I mean, the thing is, it's, uh, when you see them get on your bumper coming to the restart zone, you know once you get to start Phoenix, they're going to go as far left as they can possibly go. And it's what makes Phoenix exciting. Um, we're saying what we see, man. The, the question becomes, do you want to block the run or do you want to let them have the inside and, and hope that it sets you up for a better exit of turn two? And it is hands down the shortest way through there. I mean, I saw Ross Chastain get clear getting into turn one on a restart, and I also saw him not move up. He left the 22, the top lane through the PJ1 stuff, and – Man, there come the 22 right back by him. So, But I, I think it's truly what makes Phoenix unique and exciting to watch. Yeah, I think the only thing you, we do differently there a little bit is, like I, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'll have to call to Bubba like where they're at because the track is so wide there. It's like he, he might not know. I'm like it's, I'll usually say something like, you know, three lanes down to the 14 or, you know, whatever, five lanes down if they're way down there or whatever. But just trying to – just the only thing that, that I would do differently would just try to help him manage that gap how far the next car is below him. Uh, yeah, for sure. Me and Joey went over a bunch of restart stuff there because if it came down to it, man, you wanted to be right on the restarts at the end. You needed to know exactly what you need to do and where you think that guy's going to go depending on what lane he's in. But um, definitely really needed to understand you, what was going to happen in the lane you were going to be in. So like Freddie said, though, you're definitely counting – depending on what lane we picked, you're counting off the right door, left door, and I made sure to go over that with Joe every time. Like That way he knew exactly how much he could cut because you don't want to give that guy a, a shorter advantage for too long, otherwise he's going to clear you. So you're definitely not really counting how far are they, how far they are back off of you, really. You're 
counting out the left door and right door. The aerial shots of those restarts are phenomenal. It, it's so awesome <clears> that they have yeah. the rule in place where you have to wait to the start finish line because it's like you get to that start finish line, it's like hang a left and just drive as low as you can. Yeah, it's so. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's such a slippery slope though, because at the beginning of the truck race, I'm I I swear you're supposed to stay in line with the guy in front of you until you get to the start finish line. Beginning of the truck race, Sheldon's already turning lower than the guy mm-hmm. leading. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I don't know. Drink. <laughs> Next one. Um, from at Zoom Buck 80. So what is the theory behind this whole nine damn acres that everyone on this show wants to live on? And do you have room for one Canadian? I'll bring stronger beer and maple syrup. Were you paying attention to the question? I heard the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> we still can't tell that story, I don't think. Yeah. I uh, accidentally <laughs> found out about this story. You played a big part in this story because now we've got it on video. <laughs> so a friend of ours um, was lobbying for a friend of his to get a job driving for a sponsor that I might be affiliated with. And, and the explanation of why the driver deserved the opportunity, he made the comment that this guy is a big farmer and owns nine damn acres. Like, nine damn acres is a lot of land. For a farmer. And and then Hannah, unbeknownst to her, tweeted a video out at a completely different time, and this same person... Is who, in the background. Who is a dear friend of mine, a dear friend of Hannah's, dear friend of Freddie's. He and TJ don't like each other that much, even though they're teammates. Uh... <laughs> This guy says in this video that this particular driver owns nine acres. And and so Freddie sends me this video and I was like, You gotta be kidding me. So it just kind of became a joke that 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 Ryan Priest is a big farmer. He owns nine damn acres. That's what that's what the joke is. I, I was so confused that night, too, because I was a video of Janet, and yeah. she's, like, sleeping on the table. And I was like, oh, look at this cute video of my, you know, my dog. And you can hear someone in the background talking. And all of a sudden, Brett and Freddie blow my phone up. And they're like, I cannot believe you got this on video. And I'm like, my dog's sleeping on the table. Like, why are you guys, like, so? And they're like, listen to the background. Uh, and I can hear it talking, and I'm like... It- it was like the same week we talked about it on here. Yeah, and you literally around. verbatim hear him go, yeah, and you know, it's pretty crazy because, I mean, he's got like nine acres. <laughs> but this guy like, comes from a, an area where you don't have, I mean, my buddy Delbert is, is a great friend of mine. He owns 6,000 acres. Yeah. Elliot Sadler owns 5,000 acres. But Ryan Priest owns nine, nine. damn acres. <laughs> That's half of Mooresville. <laughs> That's the joke. And it probably ain't that funny to all y'all, but it's funny it was, to us. It was funny that night. Yikes. All right. Uh, last one here on Ask DBC. It's our offer pad question of the week. Um, finally time for the off season. You get to go spend the whole off season in a new city where offer pad has a market. Where are you living? And those markets are Birmingham, Phoenix, Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, Atlanta, Vegas, Raleigh, Austin, Dallas, Houston, mm. San Antonio. Ooh, a lot of great places to pick from. Man. And then there's Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I mean, the top ones obviously are going to be Phoenix, Vegas, Dallas. I'll I've never you, been to San Antonio. I tell you where recently. I would like to go. I've never been. Brett, you've probably been as Austin. I have. I feel like that's probably a really fun city. I have, and y'all get to go next year. Uh, Austin is really fun. Um, I personally am going to Jacksonville because you got the beach, 
You got good weather. That's the track you, you need binoculars. You'll you, be there. You, you can go a little north and be somewhere different that's really cool, like Savannah. Mm-hmm. You can go a little south and be somewhere cool, man. So Jacksonville would get my vote. Um, second would probably be Dallas because, man, I, I tell you what, we used to go out there and and there wasn't anything out there, at, you know, Westlake and where's that place you got lost at? Trophy Club. Trophy Club. Um, Some big houses in that area. <laughs> big golf course. There's a big too. golf course, too. And if you're cold, you just try to break into Country Club because you're cold outside. Um, but that area is really fun. Like, I like downtown Roanoke, Texas. I obviously love Fort Worth. like Dallas. I haven't spent a lot yeah. of time in Dallas, but those would be my number one and two picks. That airport, man. You could live on the airport property. I think I'd go to Orlando. I mean, if it's the offseason, it's you're taking your well, kids it's, to Disney. well, it's warmer. I mean, if it's the off season, it's December, January months mainly. So, yeah, and also, uh, yeah, ship the kids over to Disney for a little while. <laughs> ship them over. Yeah. After days of counting, Freddie Kraft wins DVC picks in 2020, dethroning the four-time defending champion of Brett Griffin. I have to appeal this because I have a mail-in ballot that actually has me choosing William Byron. <laughs> So this is going to the court of appeals. This is not official. We have until December 31st to get a ruling. Freddie picked my guy. He picked Alex Bowman, and that's who I was going to pick. So I kind of shook, and I, and I panicked, and I was like, oh, what do I do here? Do I take Jones or do I take Byron? And then Jones, I didn't realize that he was going to be in the middle of a controversy leading into this race because when we recorded last Monday, Jones wasn't in the middle of a controversy. When we left the show, all of a sudden it's, oh, did Eric Jones not pass Denny Hamlin? So when we left here and this starts blowing up, I'm like, well, my guy is mentally screwed. I got no chance now. I should have picked Chad Knauss in his final race. Atop the pit box, and I didn't. Congratulations to ahead of Bowman. Congratulations, Freddie. Uh, I can be beat, apparently. And I TJ, mean, I gave you a three-race head start. I quit, run you down. I quit picking. TJ uh, – well, I did have the longest. I would say TJ might have had his best run of the uh, solid participation. I had a, I had a um, solid. I had like what I went four or five in a row one time or something. A little, yeah, yeah, a little. Run yeah, you there. were on a roll for a little bit. And then, uh, then everyone I picked wrecked. I mean, literally, just wrecked. Yep, for sure, for sure, for sure. Before we, uh, before we start to wrap this crazy season up on this podcast, got to give a shout out to all the NASCAR officials out there, man. You guys. Cannot imagine how hard they work. They're the first ones to the track. They're the last ones to leave. And then behind them, I got to say, probably our uh, the warriors that don't get anywhere near the recognition they deserve as truck drivers. Uh, I mean, I know the colleague truck driver left the racetrack Saturday night, and he parked this morning at 7 o'clock. Like, once again, the first guys to the track. And the first guy, literally, they get there a day and a half a lot of times before we get there. And they've had to leave two days before that to get to places like Phoenix. Uh, obviously, NASCAR fans, DBC listeners, love you guys. Um, we drop a little bit of fun on you guys from time to time. Some of the stuff I get tweets about, people figure out. And some of the stuff weeks later, you know, stuff comes out and y'all figure it out. So I hope you enjoy how laid back and fun we like to be. And you can't, you can't get away from this thing without thanking NASCAR for getting us through 2020. What a mess this year could have easily been and not only them but our broadcast partners fox nbc mrn prn uh we all we all sat at home for what eight nine ten weeks not knowing what was going to happen and and we all um we had a lot of sponsors stick it out the majority of sponsors that i know stuck it out with us and 
the teams did everything they could to keep the doors open. And this was a really difficult year for sports in general. And um, for us to pull it off, man, it takes everybody from NASCAR, the broadcast partners, obviously the teams, but ultimately the fans without fans, none of this happens. Yeah. I mean, piggyback everything you said about the officials, like what a thankless job they have. It's, it's, you know, business as usual. If everything goes right, everything goes wrong. They get all the blame. So, uh, you know, them guys work hard. They get their job is hard. We give them a lot of crap on here, but I would I never in a million years would I ever want to change places with any of them. No. Uh, <laughs> when I saw David Green, the former Bush Series champion, leave spotting to go be one of the head safety officials, I literally said, why? Like, But maybe it's because he honestly loves, obviously, the, the sport that much, wants to be in the garage that much. But nobody works harder. Nobody works more hours than the freaking officials. Yeah. Uh, like you said, truck drivers. I mean, they're still driving home from Phoenix right now. Uh, Cowboy, our truck driver, Cowboy and Crops are driving the old forty-three bus home. I love both those guys. So uh, you know, gonna miss them guys next year. Uh, you talk about messing with people on the show. Brett does this in real life. Like I talked about earlier, I've got a colleague deal for next year. These won't tell me who the driver is. Like they, I'm like, okay. They asked me Saturday afternoon in the suite. Hey, would you be interested in in, in spotting next year full time for us? I was like, yeah, sweet. Who are we doing? Uh, well, uh, well, that's because we, we ain't gotta, told the driver yet. We've got to tell you here in a couple weeks. I'm like, they're going to announce so it at Chris Rice's I'm, house. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, now I've just agreed to do a car that I don't have any idea who the driver is. So you might, you might know the driver. Me. You might know the driver. I, I am Fred. pretty You're sure you have. for me, Freddie. <laughs> you could probably narrow this down. I mean, I would assume so, but I, 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 why I wouldn't they just can tell narrow, me that? <laughs> I know you can narrow it down. Uh, yeah, like, man, what a challenging year for everybody. And, Shoot, after we won Phoenix and we didn't run again for a while, like that break, I wasn't sure we were going to go back racing middle of that break. So I wasn't sure either, man. And uh, to get it all in, man, to complete the season, we're having this show wrapping up the year. And we ran races on days we never thought were possible. We ran tracks we never knew we were going to run with zero practice. Um we did podcasts I mean, about video games. <laughs> we we did a lot of crazy things this year. That And a year ago, you'd have been, there's no way NASCAR can ever do that. Well, guess what? They did it, did it well. Uh, way to adjust on, you know, way to adjust everything and, and make things happen. Like, I don't remember anything not going flawlessly. It was smooth, man. We ran, we ran a road course that none of these guys ever raced on. No. And it was fine. We had no issues at all. We went to tracks on days that we weren't ever expecting to run. We ran how many races in? With tons of safety protocol to keep us as safe as we could be kept. We ran how many races in how many days there one time? Like like three and ten days. Yeah, it was a lot of races in a short period of time. But guess what? We finished it. We've crowned champions this weekend. And the only downside of this year, for in my opinion, is, and it's not NASCAR's fault, is, the, all the guidelines, you know, is are they really going to be able to celebrate like they should? I mean, celebrating is a lot of fun after you win races and championships. And I hope that some point the guys that did, you know, all them team, all them crew guys, all the people at the shop that make it happen, even, you know, everyone in the front office and, and everything, get a chance to properly, you know, celebrate it safely and and enjoy it because these are Man, it's super hard to win a championship. You don't even know if you're ever going to get a chance again. That's why you gotta. I sat there in Phoenix, you know. Hope you know. I hope I get another chance at it, but you just never know. 
You never know when your last win's going to be. You never know when your first win's going to be. But you just got to, when it happens, man, you just got to soak it up and enjoy it. That was the hardest thing for me going into this year, leaving Daytona, the 500, not winning it was like, man, that was probably my final shot. And I don't think it is now. I think I'm going to do the 500 next year as of right now for um, for somebody. Um, but, Jason, I got to ask you something. <laughs> Changes the We got to get – we got to get Mike Davis to spend some money. I have always wanted to go to the Indy 500. I think Dirty Mo Media should send me and you and Hannah to the Indy 500 to cover we, we the event. Go. We can go. Do the double. Oh, it's the same weekend? I'm sure it's going to be the same day next year. Yeah, and I don't Memorial see that day. Have you ever been to the Indy 500? No, no been, we've been working. We've been a little busy. Yeah, we've been a little busy for the last 17, 18, 20-something okay, years. Incredible. Like That's I was I like, I didn't think it was going to be as cool as everyone said it was because I was like, ah, I've been to the Daytona 500, whatever. I went last year for the first time. Like the spectacle that is is incredible. Like I rolled in at 5:30 in the morning when the cannon goes off at six, and people are parked five miles down the racetrack, dead stopped, waiting to go in, and everyone rushes into their parking spots. People are shotgunning beers at 7 a.m. I mean, it is Ooh, maybe I'll amazing. Oh no, it's rough. You, you still usually walk sober into that up place. by 11. So, <laughs> you still walk into that place and look down the straightaway and just be like. I mean, it's incredible. That's that what weird. I want to go cover all week. Yeah, we should just we should just hot mic us up and then Jason can follow us around with a camera. I, think <laughs> I, I want to do it. I'm going to drink too. I want to yeah, do, can... do it like from a, a freaking crazy experience. Like I don't want to go sit in the media center with all no. the media you people on the their laptops. Pit. and. Yeah, we need to tailgate and like, snake I want to go, and, and I want to I want to have access to talk to a driver or two if they would, right? I don't know if they would. Um, I know Danielle Fry, Jay Fry, uh, obviously Roger Penske. I'll get his number from TJ. Walt Zarniak. <laughs> Shotgun beers and uh, Roger. But Jonathan Gibson. Like, I want to be able to have full access to cover this event and highlight how freaking cool it is because I've always wanted to go. And people are like, I want you to go spot. No. I don't want to go spot the first time I go. I'm not against spotting an Indy 500, but I want, I want to go. Spot it. I want to go see what it's like first, because then I have a better understanding of what it would mean. Because I grew up going to NASCAR races. When I made it to be a spotter, I knew how freaking special it was. Right? I don't deserve to go spot an Indy 500. You know? Do my credentials say I do? Absolutely. But my my experience and, and my understanding of their culture, I don't deserve that. I need to go see it and feel it and be a part of it. So, if, so Mike Davis, come up with enough money <laughs> to send us to Indy. That's all I'm asking for for I 2021. Spotted a, I spotted the virtual Indy 500. Does that count? No. If we, if we no. won, I we mean, isn't man? <laughs> just spend a little bit extra, and we'll get Dale's plane, and me and TJ can go. I want to do the we double. Can be back. Yeah, we can I want to do the double, man. I've, I've, how cool would that be? That would be cool as a spotter. That'd be like the first time ever to do it. But I think it'd be cool to go and do the Indy Five Hundred and make it back. We, we need a twenty-five thousand dollars budget. Wow, because we'll get OfferPad or somebody Xfinity. We'll get somebody to sponsor this event because I need a penthouse to stay that's, in. I knew something. With, that's, I'm going to need a, a Saint Elmo's allowance of a thousand dollars a day. Oh, that stuff is amazing. A thousand dollars a day. I'm going to need a limo to take me back and forth to the track, or worst case, a helicopter. I was say helicopter is probably better because I can't drive. I'm not going to be in any shape to be driving. So I think for twenty five grand, Jason, we can get probably the best exposure of the Indy. Indy, do you realize how much bigger the Indy Five Hundred would be if we went? Yeah, I'm sure you would change the whole right. outlook of it. <laughs> By the looks of it, I'm going to get up. Uh, well, you're doing that. I'm going to drive to the track, and I'm going to sit in my car and wait for the 600 to start. 
We're wrapping 2020. Thank you guys for, uh, hey, investing in. And you can do whatever you want to do with your time. I appreciate you guys listening to our crazy asses. We love you guys. Thank you for all the yeah. gifts, all the liquor. We'll be in rehab all winter because of it. But Freddie and I are going to Lake Norman Tavern tonight. It's called Uncle Milfs. And me. That's the nickname. Shh. Hannah, you're coming. I was like, I. Hannah, you're coming? You guys are the ones that invited me. TJ, you want to uh, come? You never said. I might now. I don't have to be a good boy for a while. So, Uncle, uh, We're going to Uncle Mills tonight. <laughs> Listen, you take the dog off the leash, it gets crazy. Uh, hey, TJ, TJ when can you throw reference TJ being a dog taken off a leash, Wait, I think of like an ankle biter. TJ can Hannah, throw when you were, we're letting girls come to this thing? I didn't say that. You were probably <laughs> getting... Listen, you have no idea about... the. Brett knows a little bit about back in the day. She I've heard was, stories, TJ. You were in diapers still, I'm sure. It was before I was probably born, if we're being honest. What year were you born? 97. Uh, I was after that, because I came down here just after that. So, But I will tell you, the early 2000s, and I, real quick, I text... Uh, I Jason's did text. Gonna flip out. He is, but I texted Jimmy Johnson before, <laughs> like, before the weekend. I said, hey, man, congratulations on a Hall of Fame career. Um was uh, happy to be a small part of it as a teammate and stuff and, and a friend dating all the way back to when you were neighbors with Jimmy Elledge. And Brett probably remembers what it was like when he was neighbors with Jimmy Elledge because those were some good times. But, okay, end of the show. Ron, Ron Hornaday <laughs> should write a book. Oh, no. I, I might write a book, but I'm – Dell Jr. is probably never going to talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Maybe maybe they'll let us do a Christmas episode. I think that's a good idea. We'll try to get one in. And, uh, Eggnog. I'll be around. If not, if happy. Casey's not back by then. Happy all the holidays to you guys. Have a safe winter. Yeah, thanks for listening, and have a great off season. We word, out. Word, word. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.